Do you want Brian Stone's number? <laughs> she doesn't you want my number, Brian. Brad. He's amazing. Would you grab He's me the one? best. Awesome. Thank you. Don't care. Something not stout, light, IPA, whatever. That's why I love you. I love you. Well, but if you do want my hey, number, I'll give it to you. Yeah, Brian wants to give you his number. <laughs> Why don't you do this podcast with us? Is this the world's leading podcaster, Brian Stone? What do you want, Brad? Okay. You know what I want to know? I want to know how you can continue calling yourself the guy who's exposing frauds and taking down liars when you are yourself fraudulent and lying. You are confusing not posting bad content as somehow being some kind of fraudulent lying behavior and I'm not quite sure where you're coming from on all this. You are lying and you're fraudulent because you are hiding things from your audience that you know, that you know is important to them and you refuse, refuse to be the star of the program. You want to call everybody else out. You want to make everybody else the enemy. But when the light goes right back to Brian, when the mirror gets shown back to Brian, all bets are off and things get deleted. Delete, delete, This is a fun little story that you've put together here, this little Uh narrative you've got going here. I I like what you're doing with it, Um, but it's not true. So if we want to talk about fraudulent nature of things here. I want to know where the lost tapes of the Stone on Air podcast are. Where are they, Deep Throat? Where is... (laughs) They're not lost. I know exactly where they are. They're just not going to be posted. Post the show. I am not in the business of of, uh, distributing... Poor content, and that's what that was. I'm not well, sure about that. I've heard your shows week to week. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. I appreciate that. Is this cool or not? I can't tell. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like Brian. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. And note to self, don't live your life primarily through bits that require hyperbole and half-truths. I mean, I mean, don't die. I'm sorry. Uh, tongue-tied there. Welcome in to the Stone On Air podcast, the weekly dose for September 5th. It is your midweek download destination. Thousands check in every week, and I appreciate you being here. Going to have some fun today. I think you're going to enjoy it. And some might enjoy it, and some might not like it at all. That's just kind of the spice of life, right? Bunch of fluff all uh, all program long. Fluff is fun sometimes. Sometimes it's not. A couple of different subjects that don't mean a whole lot. I'll update you on the local soccer controversy um, with stuff in the last week that's come out. Nothing nothing that's just going to blow your head off or anything you didn't already know if you wanted to. And some thoughts on that stupid naming thing, which that happened last Thursday, the day after the podcast was released last week. And uh, I told you so. 
I told you so. And I'll tell you what it is that I told you so coming up in the second segment of the show. In the final segment of the show, I know Brad Steiner won't stick around for. I know he's here right now, but he won't be here at the tail end of it. I'm going to talk about widespread panic. I'm going to talk about my trip up to Nashville uh, for a uh, little quick about day and a half turnaround. And uh, a few things kind of came flooding back to me here in my older age and had a little reminiscing. And it got me thinking back to the day that uh, that widespread panic changed my life. How could widespread panic possibly have changed my life? Well, I will get to that in the third segment while also giving you a uh, not a play-by-play by any stretch because it wasn't that interesting, but a breakdown of the way the day went down and some of the people that I interacted with, which is what makes that scene so much fun. And I will talk about it in the final segment of a three-segment show this week. At Stone On Air on all social media for the new listeners that I know have come here from Hits 96, the 100,000-watt top 40 leader here in Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. So we will back up and get right into this and reset what is going on here. A couple weeks ago, there was a Brewers Festival in downtown Chattanooga at the Chattanooga Choo Choo called Rail and Hops. And um, I was somewhat involved with it with the radio station, somewhat involved with it for the podcast, mainly just to hang out, record some stuff, uh, do some stage announcements, drink a little bit of beer, and have some fun, which is exactly what I did. By the way, I had fun. We'll come back to that here later on as this segment unfolds. And so I like to do live recording podcast uh, out and about live to tape. There's a couple people in this town that do that, but not many. And I think it sticks out. And again, I think it's fun. So I talked to Brad Steiner from Hits 96 about being on the show. I just said, be prepared to come on. Well, early on, I was having trouble with some, some technical issues. He, We weren't able to do anything at that exact moment. And so as the night went along, I didn't see him again for a while. And I thought, all right, well, that's probably not going to happen. I did an open that didn't go well because of some technical issues. It was fine. It was nothing to, to be embarrassed about or anything. But it wasn't my finest uh, moments. And then later on that night, I'm done. I figure, okay, I'll just add some stuff later on, and we'll just see what happens. I run into Brad around 1030 at night, and he is drinking just like everybody else. That's fine. It's a, it's a beer fest. That's what you do. And I said, man, no, d- d- deadline's over. We passed it. I, we're not gonna not gonna crank this thing up at ten thirty at night. And very, Brad's a very persuasive guy, and he kept pushing me and pushing me. And I said, okay, fine, fine, screw it, let's go. We'll go do it. I mean, what the hell? We'll just hit roll, roll tape, and just talk and see what happens. And I had a whole little show plan, show sheet that I originally wanted to do when we had the idea of actually putting together a more proper podcast with 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 a show sheet and direction. Well, this was kind of, that was all thrown out the window because of the nature of the situation. We hit go. We talked for 27, 27 minutes. Also with a, uh, I still can't remember her name. We'll find out as this goes on. Uh, Amara, Rosamar. Rosamar is her name. I don't know who the hell she is, but she seemed like a charming, nice young lady. And for about 27 minutes, we proceed to be funny occasionally. We nothing. I mean, I'm not a funny guy. I'm just chatting along, you know, being me and Brad. You know, he, he, he's a funny dude. But it was just, it was nonsense. It was drunk, rambling nonsense for 27 minutes. And I had talked to people all night about this podcast I do. And, hey, I'm over there on this right, my radio station, that, that this gig I enjoy. And, oh, man, yeah, maybe I'll check it out. And you know, I want people for the first time to hear this, this dreck 
No, of course I don't. And I don't have any obligation to anybody, so I scratched the idea. Well, Brad, as you could hear from the phone call on the front end of that, got all kinds of pissed off, was blowing me up on social media, blowing me up on the radio, saying I'm a fraud, I'm a liar, uh, I'm, a, I'm a hypocrite, all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? This is totally getting blown out of, out of portion. So here's what we'll do. We'll take a look at some of the portions of the 27 minutes of absolute nonsense, and we'll break some of it down, and I'll leave in a majority of the points I know that he was wanting to get across. He was wanting to back me in a corner and get me to go down in directions I didn't necessarily want to go, and he had one over on me, so he thought. So we will dive right into this, and we'll, we'll, we'll pick it apart, and at, over the course of this segment, I will tell you the real reason that Brad is irritated that this podcast did not get aired in its entirety or posted online for downloadable content in its entirety. So I've got 10 clips here that average out around 10 minutes. So that leaves about uh, 17 minutes of dreck that you won't have to worry about listening to. Trust me, you're not missing anything. We'll get things started right at the beginning where I already realized that this was probably a bad idea. It's on the phone. Your mic's not on, Dick. You're on the phone. Of course my mic is not on. You know why? Because Brian thinks the only person that needs their mic on is you. Well, when the segment opens of my show, Brad, yes, the only microphone that needs to be on is mine. Thank you very much. What shows this? While you're on your phone, as the sh- I say, uh. here we go, three, two, one, action, you're taking a damn phone call. What show what? is this? We got Snapchat next? Oh, that's right. No, nobody Man, uses Snapchat. I love you, Chuck Woolery. I love this game show that you're playing. What are, what are we on? We're is not this, playing a game a show. What show is this? We don't, I don't do bits here, have Brad. I, have I been here before? You've been drinking too much today. Are we, maybe we shouldn't have We're done this. We're at a beer fest, Brian. <laughs> and that's fine to be drinking too much at a beer fest. I got no problem with that. That's what you do at a beer fest. But what I learned in this process is that you don't record a podcast live to tape in the setting of nothing but people who are highly intoxicated. If you want to do it early on, like I had initially intended, at around, oh, I don't know, 7, 8 o'clock or so, which, to his defense, Brad, I didn't give him a time frame. So that's that's not his fault. That maybe, if nothing else, it maybe is my fault. But if you want to do that, maybe that'll work if you've got a plan. But this just, let's turn on a bunch of mics and all talk into it drunk is not exactly what I'm considering good content. So he doesn't take him too long. He's got to get right into it and start being my psychiatrist like he always wants to do. He wants to know, he's dying to know, what is it that makes me happy? By the way, what? here's the weirdest thing about Brian Stone. Oh, and welcome to the Stone On Air podcast. Uh, that's <laughs> Brian Stone. I'm Brad Steiner oh, yeah, from thanks. Chattanooga's uh, leading hit music station. Thank you for resetting for me. <laughs> uh, I am uh, uh, Ch- uh, Radio's Brad Steiner. Yeah, Brad's resetting my show for that's, me. That's Brian Stone. Yeah, I'm Chattanooga's They know radio. that. They know who I am. I'm man. Radio's Brad Steiner. Yeah, they know who so, I am. So this man could not be more unhappy. I am happy. Is there oh, something man. that Unfair. could make you happy? Is there anything in this world that Sitting could make you fucking smile? To do this pa- podcast with you right now. You are the most unhappy human being I have ever met in my life. And even when you have something that is so you, that makes you so happy, you couldn't bring yourself to bring a smile to your I face. I sabotage it sometimes for sure. You sabotage sometimes? <laughs> you okay. sometimes sabotage this? Most. Your entire life is sabotage. <laughs> All right. All right. Fair. Fair. 
Thank so you, Jared, about, for bringing me so up here at last call. What about this world makes you happy? I want to know what what makes you what makes Brian Stone happy. Him sipping this beer is not going to make him happy. He will hate everything yeah. about it. No, yeah, I like ta- I, I, I like tasting new beers. I don't like drinking a bunch of new beers. What makes I you like happy? Tasting. What makes you happy? Sitting Brian here doing Stone a podcast with one of my best friends in the world, Brad Steiner. Who's that? That's okay. you. Oh, I'm the and last person you asked, by the way. No, you're the first person I asked last night when I said be prepared to do a podcast. Oh, my God. And now they're shutting the damn thing down, so now Brad's <laughs> got to be like, oh, we don't have any time left. So all good, no no problem. So far, you know, a little bit of rambling around mess, but we're having a little bit of fun here. But Brad just can't stop. He's got to double down. He's got to he's got to break this. How are you having uh, any fun? How do you have fun? What makes you happy in life? And uh, we'll continue on with that on the Stone on Air podcast. All right, so Brian, seriously, and I I love you to death, and you're one of my best friends in the world. Your listeners to your podcast want to know. What makes you happy? What is something that is is of Brian Stone that you can say, God damn, I love so much being blank. At Bonnaroo? Wow. That's it? Well, I mean, I'm just giving I've you seen, one quick I've answer. I've fucking seen you at Bonnaroo. I love you it at Bonnaroo. are a disaster. I get stressed at everything I do, man. I was a, a disaster here four hours ago. That doesn't mean I'm not having fun now. You had sex with somebody oh, next God, to us in a... Pipe down. In we're, a not, we're not going down that road. Seriously. <laughs> pipe down on that. Well, okay, well, all right. Let's, uh, let's maybe not pipe down on that. So I was having fun. Like I told you, I like being there. Now we're going to put an end to that. You met her. In three hours, you were having sex with no, her. No, that's not true. In three hours. That's not true. It's Bonnaroo, though. I mean, come on. And that's Rosamar. Uh, actually, uh, coming to my defense, it kind of sounded like... Uh, wh- that's not any of that entirely true. Um, yes, do I do I get stressed out easily? Of course I do. Do I have high levels of anxiety that I can snap out of usually pretty quick all the time? But that doesn't mean that I'm having a bad time or that I'm ultimately unhappy. So we've got Rosamar here. I'm forgetting her name. It's Rosamar for crying out loud. You don't hear that every day. Uh, a gorgeous name. But of course I'm drinking and I'm forgetting the name. And then of course Brad has his classic. Condescension. R-O-S-I-M-A-R. Whitwell education to duel, Brian. Wow. Whitwell. I'm an Udawa kid. Screw off. <laughs> All right. So, no, Rosamar would, would go to Bonnaroo, right, and look at you and your behavior, and she would be horrified at it. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Who knows? She would look at you and be like, why does this human being exist the way that he exists? And you're telling me that. Okay, the point is, that makes you happy. That point good for you. The way that you were makes you happy of honor. I'm very happy about that. Oh, yeah. Thank, thank you, Brad. I appreciate you being very happy about that. So this one doesn't make any sense to me. We're uh, He's continuing to throw out anecdotal things that try to continue to make me just kind of look stupid, I guess. And he tells a story that's absolutely not true even a little bit. Rosemar, the other day I called Brian. I was like, you're the only person I know that knows this answer. I was like, I want to go to my first Cubs game ever. And I got okay. my Cub, I got Cubs you tickets, got right? I'm so excited. And the only person I know that knows this about uh, baseball and knows the ins and outs of the, the Cubs organization is Brian. So I, the first person I call is Brian. Brian, what can I know about the Cubs that will make me a better? I don't even know where you're going with this. Oh, yeah. You know what he did? He said. What did he do? I haven't been there in 18 years, and I hated every fucking minute I was there. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a total you lie. Even, went, 
baseball did you, game. You don't normally lie to make a point. Idiot baseball you're, games. You hate you everything You usually about. exaggerate a lot. There's all kinds of hyperbole. Um, you don't usually lie. That is exactly what you said, <laughs> Brian. That's what I said. Brian, you said, look, you look, you said me over the phone. You looked me in the eye and you said, Brad. <laughs> I looked look, him in the eye in the over eye. the phone. I, I'm pulling my dick out. <laughs> and I think that I haven't been. Maybe a beer fest podcast wasn't such a good idea. No, after seriously. All. No, no. I, that's the whole point. As you can tell, halfway through all this drivel, I'm realizing that this wasn't a good idea. And yeah, Brad's screwing around and messing around. He did call me and ask me about Chicago and uh, the, the Wrigley Field and the Cubs because I, I guess he knew that I've got lots of family members from there and I've spent a lot of time in Chicago when I was younger and I've been to Wrigley Field many, many times, but I haven't been since 2001. And that was the gist of that conversation. Uh, I don't know what Wrigley Field's like in present day time because I haven't been but that doesn't make for a very good story on a drunken podcast at the glenn miller gardens at the chattanooga choo choo so this is where i actually start to forget her name not earlier i messed up on that one can barely read my own writing but brad goes back and starts doubling down on what makes you happy i'm not generally overly happy on a given like tuesday <laughs> I'll, I'll give you Thursday, that Friday, I'll, I'll give Saturday. you that but brad and i've said this a, a million times to you and you you just brush it off like it means nothing. If you had to put up with a lot of the shit that I have to put up with every single day Jesus at this Christ. awful situation oh I have I of interactions with human beings, Monday through Friday, you would be a wreck. You'd never be off the couch at your psychiatrist uh, meetings. You'd be a mess. You'd hate everything. You'd be a thousand times more mad than me. As it, as it could, because human yeah. interaction, human interaction that I know yeah. how you how you evaluate it and grade it. And we, that's where we have a lot of things in common. It is a disaster a lot of the times. As, as another radio personality in the city once said, you're just a fucking beer stalker, dude. Well, I know. All I do is stock beer shelves you're in this city. It's inside <laughs> joke. Sorry. Rosa, Rosa Mary. I already dude. forgot your name. Rosa Mary? What? Rosa Mary? Mar- Holy oh. shit, Holy dude. Fuck. Rosa Mary. Wow. It's Amari? Rosa Mari. Rosa Mari. Rosemary. I am so sorry about this. I've brought you into <laughs> something that's going to hurt you. <laughs> he is going to beat you. This is insane. <laughs> Stop it. Brian. Whoa, whoa, I'm drinking whoa. too, just like everybody else. <laughs> right. So that's when things start to get a little uncomfortable. And just for a minute, and I don't even mean uncomfortable, just, well, actually, kind of close. So. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you this, Rosemary. Uh, you, you are a beautiful, beautiful woman. You're single? I am. Okay. I am. Now, would a man that looks like Brian, acts like Brian, <laughs> treats the she world met like me Brian? Ten and a half minutes ago. Would you be into that? Is that something I, that you? No, I, I'm, 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 I'm well, getting Brad, the thought you know, I'm that no. I'm into a lot of weird shit. So, I mean, maybe. Who knows? What kind of weird stuff are you into, Brian? I've never known this about you. Are you into weird shit, though? Uh, you, what? you, uh, weird, what's weird him shit? having sex with someone right next to you. In yeah, well, no, see, he's. Uh, so yeah, I feel like you would know not. exactly what he's Brian, into. Brian, this is something no? that you've ever actually never talked about in your podcast, and I love to talk about this. Ooh. Do not delete this. I swear to God, I'll blow you up on the air if you do. Uh, oh what man. Ki- what, ki- what kind of crazy sex are you into? Oh no! I'm not you talking to you about that. crazy you sex. Why not? Why not? What are you into? Because that's a, this is. You know, Rosemar not be not not, not a part don't. of the equation. Well, what are you into? I'm not talking about this, this on the show. I don't know her, and I don't know what your motivation Why? for this question is. Why? You'll no, blow me I, up. You'll blow me up on the air if I. Sure. Like, I give sure. a shit about that. No, I know that you're gonna you're gonna delete not, this. But I'm are you? Sure. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not, I don't delete anything. I don't know. 
don't know. Yeah, listen to your friend. Listen, to you. you brought her here. Yeah, so it, for just a second, it started to be like, whoa, wait a second. I, I don't know what I signed up for here. And no, I didn't delete anything. And I played your stupid portion of this. Uh, I just, uh, I didn't air it. I didn't post it. I didn't make it available for download because it was stupid. So our unexpected lovely guest, Rosemar, jumps in, and she just went from being almost uncomfortable to kind of leading the charge to the new line of questioning. No, but seriously, it, it, uh, what, what are you into? Are you into something that is uh, in a control thing? In a control thing. Are you? Why would you think that? Because you're a fucking Brad, control freak. That's why, Brian. I think the conversation would be a lot better if you guessed what he all right, I think I can guess it. All right, I think I can. <laughs> but, I feel like you should probably. Do you, right you want to be the producer of this show? Actually, I, I need a, I need a producer. God, this is why I love her so much. No. <laughs> I literally would walk across fucking hot irons for her. Man, Take a guess. All right, so, we're already 13 it, minutes it. of wasting my you, valuable listeners' time do, so far. Do you, do you know what I think you're into? What I do you think I, I'm think into? That, I think that you're into dominatrix. I think you're into choking. <laughs> I think that you're okay, into. But, but, but be more specific. Do, oh, do you I can be more specific. Oh, wait, we did, all of a sudden, a minute ago, it was this is, I don't know about going down this road, to now it's, well, hey, get a little more specific over there. Get a what little, is, <laughs> hold on, Dominatrix, that's not specific enough. Does he beat her up? What does he do? What's he into, Brad? You're Tell not me. the only one with anxiety, Brian. <laughs> this, mother, this motherfucker has nipple, nipple clamps. All right, all right. So you can see where this, this mess is going. Um, this is where I start to uh, not lose it, but I, my, my frustration, and it's just a mild frustration. It's not, it's not anger. It's not uh, over-the-top irritation. But there's a little frustration in me that I've lost control of my show. Brad has completely taken an, uh, a hold of it, and th- and that's fine. Um, but for this, this is a little bit longer. It's about two and a half minutes long. And a little bit of backstory real quick was me and him were at a bar at the feed recently, and a guy wanted to fight us because it was ridiculous. And if you want to know more about it, listen to the whole podcast. It talks all about it. But I found out something about him that involved Better Call Saul, the television show, and how it relates to Breaking Bad. And I wanted initially to have some kind of that end of the dialogue tonight. And I'm sure Brad still thinks it's stupid. But in this setting, when all eyes are on him, Brad just can't stop being Brad. This man is crazy. All right. Uh, I just want to know. I uh, decided for the first 17 minutes of this podcast to talk about uh, Brian and his inability to be a human being (laughs) and his inability to just understand what other human beings love and want to be a part of. Okay. And the whole time, in the back of his mind, he said... I've got this really great fucking Better Call Saul bit. Listen, that I've got to bring Brad, to this. Co- you're being a dick. Conversation. You're being a dick. <laughs> this isn't a bit. I've got. To I talk don't to do him bits about. You do this bits. Conversation about Better Call Saul, and you do bits. I do life. <laughs> a man who li- watches Better Call Saul and has never seen Breaking Bad is a psychopath. That's the point. It's a sociopath. There's something wrong with this man. You I want to talk about what's sure. wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with Gene, the likes to fight guy from Feed, who's never seen Breaking Bad, yet sits around and watches Better Call Saul like he's freaking incredibly entertained by something that makes no sense because he doesn't know any of the dots. He's making he's making the dots up as he goes. That, my, I'm telling you, it doesn't make any damn sense. And it ain't a damn bit. And you can roll your eyes all you want, and you can talk about whatever it is you feel like talking about. But if you watch Better Call Saul, you've never seen Breaking Bad. Something's wrong with you. Danimal's killing it right now, by the way. 
use. Don't discount. Don't don't marginalize me. Don't minimize. Don't minimize my 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 plans and my thoughts and my and my direction and approach. Rosemar makes perfect damn sense. Don't act like I'm it doesn't. Trying to find I it see. out. Hey Rosemar. <laughs> trying to find it out. The numbers are not going to be exchanged. I think that's quite clear. Rosemar earlier today he said, "Hey, really come by and do the podcast with me. I've got a really great bit about." No, I didn't me. say bit. I don't do bits, Brad. You and your damn bits. He doesn't bits. do bits. He does life. That should be the new. I stone do pieces of paper that say things with direction. I and don't I... do bits. I just do life. I'm going to save that clip. I don't do bits. I just do life. <laughs> we need to wrap this you up. Need, okay, no, but while we're on this subject, can I talk about a bar altercation that I had? Yeah, of course. And then Brad won't demean your ideas or your thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah, so I don't do bits. I just do life. We'll likely live forever on the uh, hotkey page over here. And then uh, Amorosa, uh, uh, Amorosi, whatever her name is, she told us a story. I'm sure it was incredible. But so in closing, coming up next, I'll play you the final clip, the 10th clip, the overall 10 minutes of the 27 minutes of drivel from that Saturday night. I will tell you the real reason that Brad Steiner is so upset that I did not post this entire podcast and it's like nothing that he's been saying out loud first of all you're so pretty you have you have everything she's so successful she's got everything you ever asked for ryan you'd be a fool you'd be a fool to keep going with the losers that you keep going with <laughs> save him rosamar save him this show is over thank you brad thank you thank you rosamary rosamar rosamar rosa doza thank you all right hey just, we're done hey just 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 <laughs> Just call him Brian Joyce. Yeah, that's it. There's another mic drop. How many mic drops can we do in one show? Wow, what a disaster this has been. Thank you for listening. Wonderful. Thank you for for being here. Goodbye, loyal listeners. Y'all take care. And so that was the 27th minute. And in in, uh, in retrospect, it's kind of fun to put this together like this now because there were a few moments here and there. But so here's the deal. I'm sure there are a few new listeners here, you know, the coveted uh, demographic that is teenagers and uh, middle-aged uh, soccer moms. I mean, I'm happy to have you here because you're important for uh, the Chattanooga Listen area for Top 40 FM radio. I, I mean, I, I'm glad to have the, the, the soccer moms and the teenagers here sampling this because that's all Brad has done is driven more uh, more listeners to the already one of the top listened to podcasts in the city of Chattanooga. I do appreciate that. But I'm, I'm sure he's probably thinking, I mean, I'd, I'd like to be able to tap into that more eclectic, you know, more sophisticated audience that Brad's just quite frankly not used to. And I, I get that. So he was upset that his opportunity to be able to have presence within that multicultural audience that makes up my listeners. I, I, I would be upset too. I would be mad too if I was denied that opportunity because the time I got a chance to get out in front of people that don't normally get to hear my voice and especially, especially since you know he was invited on, he, his anticipation must have been so high to have this uh, this weekly download, and and then do it just wasn't there. So Brad went Brad, and decided to start tearing me apart and calling me what I consider one of the worst, worst put downs that somebody could say, calling me a fake and a fraud.
Ain't nothing fake. Ain't nothing fraudulent going on over here. I am the most transparent person in the world. I am a disaster at life. I just happen to be able to put together some things that, unfortunately for me, some people like to actually listen to. But I tell you like it is, every single day, no matter how stupid it makes me look, or how, at the end of the day, embarrassing some might think it makes me feel. But as I've said so many times in the past, there's only one person that can embarrass me, and that's me. It ain't you. It's not Brad. It's not that guy over there. It's not that other person around the corner. The only person that can embarrass me is me. And once upon a time, I used to be that guy who cared about what everybody thought and had to make sure that my hair was just right and had to make sure I smelled this exact way from something I saw in a commercial one time or had to make sure I wore this or had to make sure that I drove that. Well, I stopped that a long time ago, many, many, many years ago, as a matter of fact. I got tired of the imitation leather shoes and I decided I wasn't going to fake it anymore. And that has been a battle cry of mine for a majority of my broadcasting, podcasting, adult life. I decided once upon a time that I wasn't going to fake it anymore. See where I'm going here? See where I'm going? So I love you to death, Brad, but if there's one thing I'm not, is a fraud. I ain't a fake. I might be a loser. I might be a failure at life. I might be a slob. I might be embarrassing to somebody else to be involved with, but there's one thing I'm not, and that's a fraud, because I decided a long time ago I'm not faking it anymore. Coming up next, let's talk some soccer. How about it? Now, since Brad is no longer involved with the show, I know that he is checked out. He's left. He's not listening to this podcast anymore because if it's not about him, he's not concerned about it. If he were still here, he would be highly irritated because he hates this song. Hence why I went with it. And I'll talk widespread on the tail end of this. You've been warned. Going to touch base here for just a few minutes on um, where we're at with the soccer news. Saw earlier today that um, there's officially now an office for the Chattanooga Pro soccer team yet to be named. I'll get to that in a minute as far as the name is concerned. Um, It actually looks pretty cool, the situation they're doing here. It's over, I think it's close to Loopy's. I, uh, downtown. I only did a quick glance at it, skimmed through the article real quick, and then and then and then hit the door. I was in a hurry, and I think it's right in that area in downtown. And they're trying to make it a fan friendly area with TVs and 
a big open space where you can come by and meet and greet players and coaches and stuff. On paper, it sounds pretty good in real, you know, realistic nature. I'm not sure if it is, but um, they're trying, and they're pulling out all the stops, and they're going to need to. But I got to tell you, though, and anybody who follows along on social media regularly, you already know where I'm going here with this name. And I know it's now almost a week old, and by the time you listen to this, it could be well over a week old because clearly a podcast that can be listened to at any time. This one is available every Wednesday, your midweek download destination. But the day after Wednesday, last week, uh, the five finalists for the names to, for, to let the general public choose from were announced, and it is it is mindless, meaningless, boring, lame, just like I said about a week before. I'm not very smart. I just got done doing that on the way out, right? I'm not trying to be uh, over the top here, like self-deprecating. I mean, maybe I am... I guess. I don't know. Point is, I'm not this really highly intelligent person, but I have watched this happen over and over again. You let the general public have any say in anything, and you're going to get a blot out meaningless Walmart response. Don't do this. This is ridiculous. So what did we come up with here? I, and I think actually, now that I think about it, it's popping in my head. I think it's Thursday of this week. So if you're listening to the day that this is uh, that this drops, as they say, on the 5th, I think it's the 6th. I think it's uh, September 6th. I could be wrong on that, and I don't have time to look it up right now. But So the five finalists were the Red Wolves. Apparently, there's some kind of connection that nobody's ever heard of. The Express. Oh, the Express. Yeah, that's right. Remember, there's the Readout Express. Or no, that were they the Generals? I don't remember. I have, a, Chad, I have a Tennessee Express shirt. Wasn't there also a female football team called the Express? And some failed soccer attempt in the 90s Express? Even if there wasn't. What a meaningless name. The Iron Horses, right? Because we have trains and the choo-choo. Iron Horses. That's like trains, I think, kind of, right? And then the one that is probably the best, and this is the indictment of how stupid this is, the one that is probably the best that I will be embarrassed beyond belief just because I don't understand it, and maybe that's just my ignorance, Sporting Chattanooga. Sporting Chattanooga. This is awful. Who Only rich, white, boring assholes would come up with something like this. And I am not against this, this entity and this, this startup and this idea. I'm not. I was talking to my brother over the weekend when I was in Nashville. We were talking sports, and I talked to him about how I was genuinely concerned that in 10, 15 years, you know, when I'm turning uh, 48 and 53 years old, that I am going to be so bored with American football, I'm not going to care anymore. And if my team doesn't win a championship at some point, the Tennessee Titans, as I'm a season ticket holder and spend a shitload of money every year on this, on a, on a bad product, and as the product overall continues to get worse and worse, I'm afraid that something I normally loved, I'm going to not like anymore. And be, for a lot of reasons that I won't get into right now, but the main one of the main reasons for having that conversation or where it, it directed towards was because of soccer. And, I, and baseball is my number one. But football seems to be waning. And soccer is so much more fun to watch. Uh, than not, not than football. I'm not saying it's more fun than football. Excuse me. It's more fun to me now than it's ever been before. And I'm concerned that in a decade I'm going to say, screw these Titans. Screw the NFL. This is dumb. Everything about this sucks. And I hope that doesn't happen. But I'm afraid that it does. But so all that to say, I am pulling for a team here locally to watch, go to games, and pull for well, you know, that was the CFC. That was the Chattanooga Football Club. 
And um, I don't know where this is going from here, but they're trying, but they're not doing a very great job on the on the right off the page here with this stupid name your name the team. So you know you're going to get a, ba- a a boring stupid name, just like our local music venue got. But it's doing successful, and I've learned to to, to come around to it because if you produce results, in the end, that's all that really matters, right? I mean, branding's a big deal. Branding, marketing, how you present yourself, how the perception of your product is, it's a big deal. Very, very, very big deal. But in the end, if you execute and have results, well, then that's all that really matters. The baseball team that wins the World Series, not all that worried about what they're called. We're worried about winning the championship and uh, produce, and you you never know. Five, ten years from now, might not care about the NFL and might not care a thing about whether uh, the CFC was ever a thing or not. I don't know. I've, it's 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 a wild story. It's a fun story. It's an unfortunate story, too, because of how many people involved that I know. I had a bunch of stuff I was highlighted here I was going to read. I don't know how much I'm going to get into it. I'll touch on a little bit of it. So in the last week also, there's now who's going to be playing at Finley. It's like everybody is just posturing from the new football team, soccer team, to the old soccer team, to the, the, the UTC mocks, who are now talking about something about Put, building a stadium over on the Ingle Stadium property, which actually sounds pretty pretty awesome if you had a real a real plan, a real funding for that, and a real fan base who cared about this team. Let's all let's just cut the let's just cut it the shit here. Finley Stadium is an incredible facility that needs to be used, and I don't see UTC Mox playing football on a 130 year old property. I know it's they were talking about updating. Let's see what it says. This is from uh, the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Gene, why they, they cut his damn name off? And I follow him on Twitter too. The beat writer there. Mounting frustration has led UTC to start looking into possibly building a new venue where it could start playing and making money soon. The school's purchase of Ingle Stadium in 2008 gives the school an option and has outlined a facilities master plan that includes the possibility of a 12,005-seat stadium that could be expanded to more than 15. Why? Because 15,000 people show up to Mox games? No, they don't ever. 12,005 would be perfectly fine. That's enough I need to know that this is just uh, some people pushing numbers around, old white guys just looking at numbers. The new facility could have as many as 25 suites. Why? Because 25 suites are full of people and high-end donors every week? No, of course they're not. And premium seating areas. And UGC would look into the possibility of moving his football building to the new site. It goes on and on. Talk from there. This is something, though, worth looking at. And this is at power struggle time. I wonder if some of this will change. The school's frustration came from the rental rates of Finley Stadium. UTC has charged $12,000 a month. $12,000 a month! To use the facility, and between now and the end of September, they'll play two football games, Mox games, and five home soccer matches. In addition to the rental fee, Finley receives all of the revenue from suites, concessions, and parking. That's a pretty sweet deal, got to admit. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blaming UGC for being uh, upset with this. Back in April, the school was approached by Finley Stadium about a contract that would cost the school $268,000 a year, over a quarter of a million for the next five years, nearly twice the rate. So taking that twelve thousand a month and turning it into twenty four thousand dollars a month, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't like this deal either. I wouldn't like this deal even a little bit. Uh, let's jump back to the CFC and their their affiliation with Finley right now. So meanwhile, this is back to his piece. Meanwhile, from the Chattanooga Times Free Press, CFC has continued to deal with some financial issues. The team currently owes Finley eighteen thousand dollars and has flirted with the possibility of switching venues. 
Although Kelly said, that's Tim Kelly, recently that it was more of a posturing gesture and the team would be taking care of the balance. And based on conversations that I've had personally, I do believe that that was nothing but posturing back when they realized, or excuse me, when they thought there were uh, the options were not so wide open as they have become now. Tim Kelly says, my preference is to stay at Finley. Kelly and the CFC group made news over the weekend, this past weekend before last, bringing back positive news about the possibility of a new national premier soccer league pro division in PSL, which they play in now, but a, a stepped-up version of pro division, which could have as many as 10 teams by next year. The new league would be called the NPSL Pro under the U.S. Soccer Adult Soccer Association. The U.S. Soccer Federation, which has said that the only professional sanctioned leagues that can use the word pro would be considered under Division 1, 2, or 3 of the USL. Sean McDaniel, former GM of CFC and now the current president and general manager of the new team, which is about to have a stupid name that people will vote on, quote, we are the professional team of Chattanooga. There's plenty of room for all levels of soccer in the city, but the only professional league is the one deemed by U.S. Soccer and Major League Soccer and the USL. So that's kind of where we stand now. The Mox looking to try to leave. Don't believe that for a second. This posturing. Tim Kelly and CFC saying we might, you know, we're, we're not sure if we're going to pay you. We're trying to figure out how to make a new deal. That's all posturing. And it looks now that the new pro team, either, let, let's see, what either uh, the Red Wolves, Express, Generals, Sporting Chattanooga, or Iron Horses are going to be the only guaranteed tenant into 2019. The question is how many of these teams will play in Finley Stadium next year. Just a couple paragraphs from this. Um, damn it, it doesn't, as always, I printed off, it doesn't say what website. The guy who wrote the piece is Nippon Chopra. Nippon Chopra. Too small to succeed. The perils of owning a lower division pro soccer team. And this was posted by Tim Kelly a week or so ago, and it is so long and comprehensive. But this is just a couple of little blurbs right off the top, and then I'll get out of here to tell you about widespread panic. And if you're still here, I appreciate it. And if you've bailed out, that's fine too. The lower divisions of American soccer are a tumultuous place. Whether it is the collapse of individual clubs, irresponsible behavior towards players, or the death of an entire league, the stories of instability are as commonplace as a PBR at your local dive bar. The current status of lower division American soccer, specifically Div Division Two and Division Three men's professional soccer, means that owners don't stick around. It's not because they don't want to. They simply cannot afford to. In researching this article, I spoke with eight owners and or GMs who are at American D2 Club within the last 12 months. They consistently revealed that their teams had lost between two and five million dollars a year. According to the aforementioned individuals, between 33 and 60 percent of their expenditure goes towards wages for players, coaches, and front office staff. Other areas of expenditure include stadium costs, travel budgets, and, and workers' compensation. This can cost from a range of 20 to 40 percent of expenditure, according to information provided by Soccer Takes. Game day production, charitable events, marketing, and sales efforts are the other areas of, of significant expenditure for lower division teams. Finally, owners pay a security bond each year amounting to between a quarter of a million and three quarter of a million, 
and a non-refundable participation fee of 150k each year. In terms of revenue, ticket sales bring in between 30 and 50% of revenue. Corporate sponsors bring in between 40 and 50%, while merchandise and concessions provide the remainder of the revenue. Now, I know that's a mouthful, and uh, and uh, what does that mean exactly? What it means is it's damn expensive. And that's what Tim Kelly's been talking about with everybody who wants to hear is how much money he did not think there was to make by moving up. So there's where it's okay. So don't move up, but somebody else might. And then you might get this and it's unfortunate, but I don't think it's unfair necessarily. And I think it's the best team wins. The best organization wins. It's monopoly, baby. Gobble them up. And whoever comes out on top with all the cash, is the one who wins. On the way out here as I get ready for a final segment talking widespread panic, this is my, I'm not going to say my favorite, but it's up there of one of my favorites. It's called Down, and I think it fits perfectly with the struggle, the power struggle between the CFC and the new generically named, soon-to-be-named soccer club. Take along some of your favorite things because you're going to need them. Be careful of the things you want to say because you're going to mean them. This is the Stone on Air podcast, the weekly dose for September 5th, and I'll be right back. Mikey and Dave and Todd and Sonny and I first started playing music together. We were all playing in the kitchen of a little house in Athens, feeling out music, writing new songs together, and even we found a few stages around the South that would let us play. And we were holding down some day jobs for the most part, but uh, largely, um, you know, we were still in a little world of uh, make-believe as far as, you know, playing in a rock and roll band went. You know, for us, it could have closed up as innocently as the whole thing began. But uh, at that point in time, I promise you, we were not looking to this day 20 years in the future. Or... uh, That's a cool day. Um, But I... But I can tell you earnestly, and they will back me up here, we were looking forward to our uh, Monday night gig at Kyle and Duck's Uptown Lounge and the Waffle House that we would splurge our winnings on that evening. That was JB, John Bell, lead singer for Widespread Panic. At the induction to the Georgia Music Hall of Fame 10 freaking years ago in 2008. This is the Talking Heads, City of Dreams, often played by Panic. And sometimes a Panic show, or any show for that matter, is more about your friends and the experience and your time and how it all comes together than whether that show was hot man that show was hot that show might have been lame man that might have been a set list i didn't care about that's not the important part sometimes 
And when you're 25 years old and you go to 10 to 12 shows a year like I did, the show that night was all that mattered. Like, God damn it, this show sucked. God, what's the matter with them? Yeah, you're pushing 40 years old and you get to hang out with some of your friends and watch, you know, hear a handful of songs you really like and get to get the vibe and the scene in. It doesn't really matter if the show is all that good. Or at least it shouldn't. So I went to my first Panic show since, uh, man, damn, going on memory only here. It's the last time I went, New Year's, a couple years ago? I can't remember. Anyway, I stopped counting at 50. Uh, 50 shows, and that's four years ago, minimum. Uh, it could be longer than that, that I stopped counting at 50. And a lot of those are used to do two a weekend, right? Sometimes a three-day run like they just did in Nashville, I'd hit all three. Well, your number jumps up pretty quick when you cram them in like that. The thought of doing two or three panic shows in a row uh, these days is not something that um, excites me all that much. I mean, one is great, two maybe, and then that's it. Then I, I need some time. But, but before I get to the weekend, let me tell you about how widespread panic changed my life. And a few people already know this, and I'll make it quick and not try to bore you too much with it. But back in 2001, so 17 years ago, I had been um, living in Murfreesboro, kind of estranged, a little bit just aimless all over between Chattanooga and Murfreesboro and Nashville. And I finally came home about a year before that. So I was 20. And then the next year flipped, and I still didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was starting to go to school a little bit at Chattanooga State, and I see this band called Widespread Panic. It's coming to Chattanooga. And I've always been a grunger and stuck with it through that whole decade and all that, what I call just kind of, you know, well, I won't use the derogatory terms we use, but the the, the, the pseudo-wannabe punk, you know, emo rock, and then that kind of, you know, Creed-style late 1990s stuff, like, bleh, screw all this. I'm a, I'm a grunger through and through, bro. And at 2001, I, I I went. I saw Widespread Panic was coming, and I I bought a couple of tickets at the Roundhouse. The new album from Widespread is out called "Don't Tell the Band." So I start listening to it, and um, one song I like right off the page it's "Imitation Leather Shoes" that I played earlier at the beginning, at the tail end of the beginning of the show of the first segment. And I knew, I think I knew "Airplane." I think I knew "Imitation Leather Shoes," "Airplane," and uh, that's it. And so I get off work early. I'm all jacked up about going seeing this new band doing this new thing. And I meet up with some friends. A couple of them are in the same boat as me. We're just looking for a reason to go get high, really, up in the rafters. And I'm talking to about. I'm seeing this scene. I'm seeing these people that look different than I'm used to seeing everywhere I go. And I'm, I'm like, this is pretty fascinating. And I talked to some guys or gals. And I said, hey, I know this song and this song. Do you think they'll play that? And condescendingly and just demeaning as possible, I got laughed at and laughed at. Are you kidding me? You know two songs, and you think you're coming to a widespread panic show, and you're going to hear either two of those? You're a fool. And and it might maybe irritate me for a minute there for a second, but I thought, ugh, well, that's a damn bummer. Let's go get high in the rafters. And so we did just that. Went and got high in the rafters. And about halfway through the second set, they played... The one song that I knew, Imitation Leather Shoes. And then two songs after that, 
they played Neil Young's Mr. Soul. And I was high as a kite, probably a little intoxicated on whatever booze I smuggled in or drank before I got in there. And I lost it and thought, oh my God, where have this, where has this band been? And from that day on, from 2001 to 2012, at least, there wasn't a panic show within 250 miles that I wasn't at. And uh, it was a hell of a ride. And I met some amazing people. And it was so, just, just so awesome. It was such a fun life experience. And had they not played those two songs, I'm not sure that I ever would have gone on that journey. I might have walked out of there stone tired and hung over and 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 bummed and, and irritated and thought screw this band. They played like 30 minutes straight and they didn't play a song I knew. But they did and they hooked me and ever since uh, I've been a big fan. Now they're much older now. They don't sound the way they used to do. They don't have all the same members as they used to, but they're still so much fun. So I went up there and I'm going to do this quick. I went up to the show on on Saturday expecting to hang out in the uh in the lot right outside of the Ascend Amphitheater in downtown Nashville because it's kind of elevated and you can hear the music really well. And you can just bring a 12-pack and grab a grilled cheese from somebody on Shakedown Street, and that's just as much fun as spending $175 in the stadium or in the in the amphitheater for $13.25 tall boys and $19 double pours if you're lucky has a heavy hand. But I get down there and I can't find anybody. There's nobody there. There's nobody in the lot. The show starts in an hour and a half. And I'm looking around, and I, I see this hippie chick uh, just a little ways over, halfway through the lot. She's selling some prints. And I walked up and said, what's going on? Where is everybody? And she kind of just gives me a quick, yeah, they kind of ran everybody off last night. And it's like, I just don't get it, man. Like, why is Nashville, like, against America? I was like, all right, <laughs> this is where I'm going to exit this conversation. Uh, but have a great show. See you later. Then I walk over to the gas station because, well, now I'm in no man's land. I don't want to go walking down to Broadway and 2nd Avenue to all the those bars on a Saturday night. I'll just stay near the st- the, the, the venue. And I go into the uh, the gas station. I grab a beer and a and a, some kind of energy bar. And I'm standing behind a guy. He's getting three beers, three yinglings. He pulls out a Crown Royal bag and dumps out, I'm not even joking or being any kind of exaggeration here, Nothing but dimes and nickels. The the woman behind the uh, the the counter is minimum sixty five years old, and they're trying to count out six dollars in dimes and nickels. I see they're getting close to five, and I pull a dollar out of my pocket and throw it over there and said, "Have a great show, man. Let's move this along." So this whole time, I'm I've got my tall boy now. I'm walking around I'm trying to find Shakedown Street. And I just can't find it anywhere because everybody who owned these lots ran off people who are doing any kind of loitering or soliciting. It's their right. You're losing money because of that, but I get it. Whatever. It's your property. So they finally found this little nook and cranny a little ways down after I keep asking questions. And I find Shakedown Street, and it's so small, but it's completely covered in shade, almost like like a, a rainforest-style you know, tree coverage. So it's totally shaded out. I have a couple high lifes chatting with some people um i go up and i get a hot dog from this dude and um and then i start talking i see this guy i'm like i recognize him he that guy looks so familiar like i feel like i think i know him from a friend of a friend from like most of my life and i go up to him and i say hey man i know you right and he's like yeah 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 man we hung out at bonnaroo we met at bonnaroo which was what two and a half months ago 
He remembered where I was from, that I worked in radio, um, a couple other things that were impressive to me that he remembered. And I was just like, oh, that's right. We were watching The Killers together, and we chatted the whole time. A little while later, I start chatting with this uh, husband and wife from Manchester, Tennessee, speaking of Bonnaroo. She used to work for people in her city that had in, uh, involvement with the festival. And then now she works for, uh, not Cumberland Caverns, because it moved to Pelham, but the Blue Ground Undergrass folks. So I'm like, all right, well, maybe we can trade some connections here. So I finally found my place. I found what made me so in love with this band was the scene, the vibe, the people. It was so much fun. But because I have a little too much fun pushing my limits on the time to get down to the to the uh, venue, there is a line of thousands of people that can't get in. The band's already started, and it's a mess. I'm not even mad. I even put you know the hashtag not mad, bro. But I just go out to the outside and I just sit outside for the first three songs and just listen. And I'm just like, okay, until I finally got run off. You can't stand there. You can't loiter. Finally got in there, found my friends. Spent 120 bucks on $19 vodka tonics and $13.25 light beers, and I'm not pissed about it at all. And the show wasn't that good, and they didn't play much of anything I actually wanted to hear until the very end when they played Imitation Leather Shoes. The only song I knew back when I found out who this band was in 2001. And when I went to the jam band who never plays the same set twice, who you'll never be able to guess what you're going to be able to hear, I actually walked in that place, smoked a joint, drank some liquor out of my back pocket, and in the end, not only did they play the one song I knew, they also played Neil Young, Mr. Soul, and changed my life for the next 18 years. And that is what made Saturday so much fun. Was the show that good? No, not really. Could it have been louder? Of course it could have. Could it have been better? Could the lines have been better? Could the facility management have been better? Could the people who own the parking lots handle that situation better? Could the asshole in front of me who had $6 worth of dimes and nickels figured out a way to come up with a couple of stray dollar bills? Of course all those things could have happened. But if all those things happened, it would not have been an authentically flawed mess of people who in the end just want to enjoy themselves and are trying their damnedest to do so. I loved every minute of it and missed that scene. Now, can I handle it and do it often? Nah, not at all. And if I did it often, I would not like it anymore. But just throwing it there in the middle of the early September, Labor Day holiday weekend, I absolutely loved it. All right, I'm going to put the wraps on it there. Call it a day. Brad Steiner, I love you. Widespread Panic, I love you. Chattanooga Soccer, all the way around, both organizations. I pull for both of you, UTC and Finley Stadium, all the way around. Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on Alt 98.7 on the FM dial here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, at Stone On Air on all social media. You guys have a great week. We'll do it again. The midweek download destination is available every Wednesday, and y'all take care. This is audio courtesy of PanicStream.com. This is Widespread doing the Talking Heads City of Dreams live from that show this past Saturday night in Nashville. Y'all take care. We'll do it again next week. Bye.